You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm your host, Brad Jackson. And what are we smoking this week, Brad? Ah, this week we have Crown Heads, the Lost Angel. Dude, they come up with some brilliant names. I mean, I've enjoyed the few Crown Head cigars that we've reviewed, um, but they they always have, you know, something catchy. But I guess with a name like Crown Heads, like, you know, you got to be the king of names. <laughs> yeah, and the the wrapper on this thing is kind of a... It's it's like a stealth wrapper because it's black on black, but it's uh, em- embossed and has the name Lost Angel with a couple feathers. But yeah, it's all black on black. So unless you're like up close looking at it to tell like the 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 differences in it, it just looks like a black band from across the <laughs> across the room. Yeah. So this uh, is going to support a uh, Mexican San Andreas Maduro wrapper. With a Brazil Matafina uh, binder and Nicaraguan filler. Yeah, and this is a, a a new TAA cigar for 2021, and they so it's kind of a a sister uh, stick to their Angels Anvil, which the story behind that is supposed to be like say uh, this legend of a fallen angel going to a blacksmith to rebuild his wings, and he said this is the the darker side of that. This is the uh, man. We, we the... should have saved this when we talked about Lucifer or something. <laughs> from Dang when the angel it. fallen, but the, it's time uh, as the fallen angel until it got its wings back. But I, I really dig this band, though. Um, I mean, I don't know how it came across in the, the photographs or anything, but just this, you know, you know, you've got the lost angel. You know, a little bit shiny text, but then you know, in the shadow, you can see the. The falling feathers and everything else, like this is a, uh... it's like a matte black on a glossy black, and yeah, it's it's real hard to take a photograph of it, but we will we will post a photo. But yeah, it's just it's like it's kind of like just stealth. It's tactical. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I mean, right off the bat, dude, I am, I am digging this cigar. It's uh, it's peppery. It's earthy. It's all the things I like between, you know, the Mexican San Andreas and uh, the Nicaraguan uh, binders. Um, you know, I would definitely say uh, medium, maybe medium plus. Um, but And if you don't have a TA retailer in your area, there are a few places selling this online. So you should be able to reach out and find it somewhere. Because, you know, with these TA cigars, they're usually only sold exclusively in the... TAA retailers, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, I'm a uh, dude. I am, I am digging this. Uh, oh, and it's from Esteli. Nice. And we should say these. This is we're back to recording uh, a couple days before these comes out. We've we've made it through our emergency backlogs, and we're back to talking about current events. <laughs> Whoa, there's our current events to talk about. <laughs> There's trailers and movie theaters are reopening and shit looks like it's actually going to start coming out. We, we may actually talk about like new movies and shit. <laughs> yeah, but didn't Amazon buy everything? Don't Probably. They, don't they own? Like, it, 
eventually, you know, Amazon and Disney will be the only two entities that literally own every market. <laughs> well, it's like I literally went into the Walmart probably for the first time in like a year the other day because it's like, you know, getting everything off of Amazon, doing my grocery shopping at a local grocery store. It's like I've had zero reason to go in Walmart since like all this pandemic bullshit started because I'm like, eh, I don't want to go anywhere. I have to wear a mask. <laughs> and it's like I finally like it was the only place open to get an oil change. So like, I went went and actually walked around to Walmart. I'm like, it's the first time I've been in here in like forever because it was like the only place I could get an oil change on a Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, um, you know, I spent a week down in Miami not long ago, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and I gotta say, dude, like Walmart's and stuff down there, so much better than our local Walmart's here. <laughs> like, like I mean, just floor to ceiling shelves were packed with shit. Like there was just a lot more variety of stuff, and uh, you know, because you're in Florida, you're closer to the ports. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe, you know, the other thing, too, is, you know, maybe they're just, you know, better stocked on stuff. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. You know, up here, I'm just like, God, everything has the same run-of-the-mill shit. Like, nothing has anything with variety anymore. That and, too, like, I've been working from for home for so long now. It's so much easier to think about, hey, I need a thing. Let me look it up and order it while I'm sitting here at my computer doing my work. <laughs> and the shit will be here tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, it's just so convenient it's, now. It's like a... Maybe. Maybe I've, if it gets delivered to the right house. Yeah. Dude, I ordered a new cell phone the other day, right? And, like, at first I thought they delivered it to the wrong house because it's like your package has been delivered. And I'm like, where the fuck is it? It's not on the porch or anything. Dude, fucker was so lazy, he literally tied it to the, you know, fucking flag of the mailbox. <laughs> I'm just like, put it in the mailboxes. Didn't didn't bother putting it in the mailbox. Like, tied it to the flag on the outside for the world to see. You know, hey, I wonder what this shiny uh, Samsung box is has inside <laughs> of it. Like, oh like, yeah, dude, it's. I hate when every time I order something, a, a company says they use FedEx because like there's one company I order stuff from, and every time I order something, it literally makes it from their office to the local FedEx area and sits for like a week before it finally like gets shipped out i'm like motherfucker i could have drove there and picked this thing up by now <laughs> like at this point like with the fedex i'm just like yeah is there a store within a couple of miles yeah hey just send it here and i will go and pick it up <laughs> because like you said it gets to the local hubs and you know things start going awry um speaking of going awry what are we talking about well you know we we discussed that we thought the zombie genre had finally run its course and apparently not because netflix actually has a halfway decent zombie movie out now we're gonna be talking about army of the dead by uh zach schneider is it halfway decent <laughs> no no we'll get into that we'll one. get is, into is that is it all the way decent is halfway decent is it a quarter decent we'll let you know in the main segment but was that a tease <laughs> but if you're gonna have to fight zombies in vegas you should call in the strike force strikeforceenergy.com use a promo code scarners for 20 percent off your order you can, you know, it comes in little tiny tin pouches. You can smuggle it in your prison wallet, you know, wherever you, however you want to carry it. But get you some good energy if you're going to have to run for your life. So I guess we're not talking about slow-moving zombies. Let's <laughs> think. This one has both. <laughs> it's the best of both worlds. <laughs> With that, this segment is going up in shambles. <laughs> we'll shamble right back. <laughs> you got. 
Talk zombies. I thought we were, thought we were done with that. We we're like, yeah, we don't watch Walking Dead anymore. The uh, zombie genres played out. There's not any good zombie stuff to do. It's done. It's done for a while. And then fucking Zack Snyder of all people's like, nah, homie, I got more zombies for you. I mean, it was an interesting take. I. I mean, Wikipedia I, I, describes it as a uh, zombie heist film, which I think they may have like invented a uh, new genre because I'm not familiar with any other zombie heist movies. All right, so be- be- before we get into you know a lot of the spoilery shit, first of all, we have to start with this is a two and a half hour movie because Zack Snyder doesn't know how to edit. <laughs> I've, All my shit's gonna be as long as I fucking want it to well, be. Well, I'm gonna give you a four-hour Justice League, motherfuckers. <laughs> that was part of it. Is I, I, there were certain parts that I felt like were cut way too short, or just abruptly, like, and pivot. Um, and then then there were other parts that I'm like, this is fucking Lord of the Rings, but with you know, some sense of uh fucking zombies somewhere. Um, as we, you know, follow a, a, a different, you know, cast. And I gotta, I gotta say, dude, like we talked about this off air. So let's talk about Batista as a main character, you know, because we, we often talk about how so many people come out of the WWE, right? Like we can all have the debate on, oh, if it's real or if it's fake, uh, that sort of thing. But there's a certain level of acting that has to go into that, right? Yeah, and, and you know we've seen plenty. Of people. I mean, The Rock has turned into a very successful actor. John Cena, you know, love him or hate him because he was kind of a pussy about the whole uh, Taiwan thing. But I've liked him. He's done action movies. I've liked him more as a comedic actor than I have any of his like freaking action movies. Yes. <laughs> and Batista, like Guardians of the Galaxy, great as Drax. Uh, and he's done some other like like he had that whatever my. My Spy or something like that, I think was that that comedy movie he put out. And he was in one of the Bond films, but he like had no lines. He was just like silent. Uh, He's just henchman. there for the muscle. <laughs> he, he was the new Jaws. But this is the first time I've seen him as a lead actor in a film. And then, eh? I, I, <laughs> here's the thing, though, is maybe this just wasn't the, the film for him. You know, like... I, I, I to and be the I lead guy, you got to have a certain level of personality to 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 lead a film. But then again, like realistically, with you know, I, I, I'm curious to see what the Snyder cut, you know, of this film <laughs> looks like because you know it's going to be like seven hours long. But you know, uh, there was just I'm kind of thinking maybe it was more so the director's vision was not as clear and just I, I don't know I, I don't want to shit all over the, the, the film or anything because there were certain parts that were hey this is pretty cool and then there were other parts that were just like ah it's god awful <laughs> so I, I, I think that you know folks just need to take this film with a grain of salt 
see it, form your own opinions. But uh, I think from here on out, it's safe to say we're about to spoil the shit out of this. But... Yeah, and like the... Dave Batista in action sequences were cool when he didn't have to speak. But when he's like trying to lead a team... He was so monotone. He like literally had like no emotional range. It was just like, this is what we're doing. We're going to go rob this casino. Hope we don't get killed by zombies. It just seemed like, I mean, there's one scene. In the where meantime, he... you're my daughter. You're not coming with us. Oh, you're rebellious. Okay, you're coming with us. <laughs> don't do anything that a teenage girl is subject to do. <laughs> Wait, was that too much foreshadowing? Did we give too much away there? Like... Yeah, he just seemed very monotone throughout. I mean, there is one sequence where it shows him having to... His wife gets infected and he has to kill her. And he, like, cries. I'm like, all right. Yeah, he shows him emotional range there. But through the rest of the movie, he is, like, just straight, like, on one level. of. <laughs> and is that cool, calm, and collected? Maybe a little bit much, given the environment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... You're, 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 you can get excited about shit. You're fighting zombies. Like, you know, you can, your blood pressure can go up a little, man. It's like, just, but yeah, he was just so like, just deadpan through the whole thing. And for some reason too, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe in the guardians universe, maybe they digitally enhance some things and, but you know, like I, and, and maybe this is just me from years ago, but I always thought Dave Batista was a lot more ripped than what he actually looked in this film. <laughs> it's like we've, you know, only seen him in makeup for a while now, so it's like, you know, him and like, I was like... But then again, maybe it's because I'm used to seeing The Rock, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know... Rock got bigger after he got yes. out of wrestling. <laughs> he's all, he's on that D-ball or whatever, you know, he's... <laughs> but yeah, it's like, I don't know, it's like, first time I've, I'm like, whoa, Dave Batista's wearing a shirt. I don't, this is like confusing. I, I don't know what the man looks like with like... A shirt on. <laughs> All right, so I've complained about a lot. Let's uh, let's digress to some of the things I did like. Um, I, l let's take it to, I guess maybe the beginning of the film because they they set the stage pretty cool, right? Because I like robots, aliens, zombies, and the you know impending apocalypse. And I kind of felt like I got all of that, you know, off the bat, you know. And <laughs> I'm sorry. If you've got a military convoy, name the four horsemen. Like, that's pretty fucking badass. I gotta <laughs> yeah. say, probably the weakest, lamest military convoy I've ever seen. Because, you know, one dude getting a little roadhead, um, I don't think it's going to stop an entire convoy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, some of the cool nods that I saw was like, you know, as the military convoy is pulling out of the gates of Area 51, if you look into the sky, you see two dots. And then those two dots are blue. Um, and what is the significance of blue, you might ask? Well, we'll get into that in just a little bit. But they zip off, you know, so some sort of UFO-esque... Uh... I do like it's like the... You, know, you you see them leaving what we assume is Area Fifty One, uh, and go you know transporting something. Uh, you know it's like you know military convoy, you know a couple armored vehicles and like a. It's not Velociraptors. A so like, but you know, in typical military fashion, is like 
the guys driving the convoy know that they have a top secret thing, but they don't know what it is. And like the two guys like in the lead truck that is like in charge of the, the thing is like debating on what they're actually carrying. It's like, yeah, it's like just two board truck drivers. Like, what do you think? I think it's the original constitution that's written in blood. You know, they just keep coming up with these like super like, uh, fantastic, uh, things, what it might be. And finally he's like, well, we did just leave, you know, where, and he's like, it could be. And he's like, what? He's like, are you really going to make me say fucking aliens? <laughs> so, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I, you know. <laughs> I, I know there's a lot of fuckery that comes around, you know, with the military and everything of that nature, but I, it's Marcellus, Marcellus Wallace's soul. <laughs> yeah. I, um, think that that would have played out very differently in real life. <laughs> and, you know, if you've got a potentially compromised top secret thing, probably the last thing you're going to do is break formation and walk and be like, I should investigate what this open container is. <laughs> yeah, so... Because it's probably not going to kill me. <laughs> yeah, so as, the, as you see them leaving Area 51, you see a new married couple leaving, leaving Las Vegas and decides to uh, participate in some celebratory roadhead. And guy can't uh, keep his eyes on the road and swerves and drives into the military convoy head first. <laughs> just blows, just, the, I mean, blows I, them the fuck up. And I... I don't know. Maybe that car was packed with TNT or something. I don't think that happens in real life. <laughs> oh yeah, that was like a hell of an explosion. And of course the top secret safe thing on the truck just goes rolling down the the road and loses his door and like eh hey base this is the four horsemen uh, we're gonna need a medevac we we done run over somebody uh oh yeah the the package is open they're like get the fuck out of there like if if your team can walk get them the fuck out of there like eh, what are you talking about and by the time zombie jumps out and starts eating motherfuckers right and left and i did like it's cool when you finally when it slows down enough to kind of sh see what he looks like it looks very much like the original Dawn of the Dead movie poster. Like it looks like the old Romero zombie from Dawn of the Dead, one of like the hero zombies. Well, I mean, and that's the thing, like, that's you a, know, kind of a cool. Snyder had his own take of you know Dawn of the Dead and stuff. I mean, there are a lot of little hidden Easter egg and nuances, um, as well as a uh, cameo where, if you look off in the distance, you can actually see Snyder sitting in his director chair, and he's like, "Fuck it, leave it." Uh, <laughs> Um, I'll edit it out in the four-hour version. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> it's Netflix. Nobody's watching this shit. <laughs> but apparently a lot of people are watching it, because it's, like, you know, one of the new, like, number one films on Netflix. Uh, you never can tell exactly what the numbers are, because Netflix don't release that shit, but it was, you know, if Netflix was a box office, it would have been number one uh, <laughs> the premiere weekend. I mean, did it have a lot of major competition... I don't. I don't think there was a lot of competition. Well, there's the all of Netflix. <laughs> there's like the other hundred fucking streaming services we have now. Yeah, but after everybody's been locked down for a year, you know, I mean, you're pretty well caught up on everything. Like, <laughs> yeah, we need something new. <laughs> but yeah, and then of course, you know, after he eats the uh, soldiers, he wanders into the closest town, which is Sin City, Las Vegas, which I don't think we well. One of the uh, Resident Evil movies ended up in Vegas, but I think it's like the first time we've had a good uh, 
zombie outbreak in Las Vegas. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe in the movie world, the video game universe, it's happened quite a few times. But yeah, that you know, after that initial, I guess, pre-credits sequence, the like it slowed the fuck down. <laughs> but before that, the the actual credit sequence where it's showing the outbreak in Vegas was pretty badass. It kind of reminds me like the intro to uh, um, freaking Zombie Land, where it's like music and just and it's Vegas like show me I mean it starts off with a looks like a well I mean that's kind of Zack Snyder's thing right is you know he always tries to find like some big band you know like type yeah soundtrack or something something not you know yeah I, like I, what I like what I do with I gotta say shows. the credits the opening credit sequence made a hell of a music video <laughs> I mean there's zombie showgirls there's death and destruction yeah we've already seen zombie strippers though do we really need to see it again yes oh, okay especially when they're eating some uh freaking Ron Jeremy lookalike in a hot tub <laughs> while a uh while a, uh who's the famous uh piano like gay piano Vegas guy Elton John no not Elton John the, <laughs> the other one Liberace. Yeah, well, there's a Liberace impersonator playing a... <laughs> jamming on the piano while zombie showgirls are eating everybody. <laughs> and then just showing these little clips of... Basically, the you know, eventually Dave Batista's puts together this team of zombie fighters for this heist. Well, it kind of shows them during that outbreak where they are trying to rescue people from Vegas and showing these various... And it starts off with, like, here's them normal family people doing normal family shit... And cut to them as like badass mercenaries fucking up zombies as they're trying to get everybody out of out of Vegas. And they get those like you know glamour shots of them holding like in their kit holding f- photos of you know people they've lost in in the uh, the apocalypse. There, I, I just want a z- saw. <laughs> yeah, big ass freaking uh, concrete saw was you know worked wonders on some zombie heads. <laughs> I mean, the problem is, is that's not a one man, you know, because. You gotta have somebody to carry around the fuel. <laughs> and it's kind of weird, too, like, infrastructure, like, still st- seems to be intact. You would think, like, the zombie apocalypse, like, infrastructure would kind of go to shit, but that really didn't seem to be the case. I mean, they they had, you know, generators and stuff. <laughs> Casinos don't want a power outage. They got backup generators. Uh, but yeah, that in that whole sequence, too, and it shows, like, the military coming in trying to fight before they just kind of gave up and decided to wall the place off. And uh, I was watching it with my wife, and that one part with, like, Guy's in a tank and like his unit's getting like uh, like all fucked up and he's just, like crawling from the tank, jumping on the radio. It's like, what is she doing? What is he doing? I'm like, oh, he's calling in an airstrike. It's like he knows he's fucked and he's like, drop the bombs here. You know, danger close. <laughs> and sure enough, freaking A tens come in, boom, 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 blowing shit up. Like, fuck yes. <laughs> oh. But yeah, it was like you know, it, it like so that probably was the best part of the movie. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> the freaking opening credits. I mean, there were there were some other good parts. I mean, you know, um, I didn't realize it at the time, but, you know, when they actually, you know, go to meet the guy to talk about the heist, you know who that is, right? Who? It's the dude that played Scorpion. Really? Yes. Oh, shit, I for- forgot about that. Oh, weird. Uh, we just yeah. talked about his movie last one. Last yes, time. absolutely. <laughs> like... Get over here, Dave Batista. <laughs> I got a thing for you. <laughs> but it's kind of weird, like, you know, I mean, because he was just typical, you know, whatever. Hey, this is about the money. Which, 
My problem is, is this film had three different plots that it could have <laughs> chose from, and like really focused on neither of them. <laughs> like we had two and a half hours of. So the Brad Jackson cut of this film would be, <laughs> we don't minutes. need the heist bullshit at all because the only interesting person at the heist thing was the fucking, you know, locksmith, the guy that could actually, you know, crack <laughs> the code. Yeah, you know, um, everybody else was just basically filler, you know, to get him to that destination. <laughs> the The real plot, I think, that we, you know, learn later on is, uh, you know, our, our heist uh, master. Or... <laughs> so what the fuck is his actual role? Like, is he the owner of the casino? Yes, the, uh, uh, whatever, uh... What the hell's his name? Crime family is he a member of? Yeah. Because I felt like he needs to be a member of, you know, the crime family or somewhere <laughs> in the government. Yeah, Bly Tanaka, because, like I said, after this, you know, the government... Oh, yeah, and that's the other thing, too, when I was watching that... At one point, paratroopers try to parachute in to the zombie apocalypse in Vegas. I'm like, that's a dumb tactical move, because you got no control when you're coming down in a in a, a, a freaking parachute into a sea of zombies. You're just guaranteed fucked at that point. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like, hey, what is this thing that's coming? Hey, oh, let's all gather delivery. here. Uber Eats is here. <laughs> They're delivering food to us now. <laughs> I was like, whose dumbass idea was it to airdrop troops into Vegas? <laughs> I mean, normally you want to go, you know, fast and loud, I would think. That, that would be my approach to the zombie. Helicopters landing on buildings. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that's a, probably a decent entry point. Paratroopers. No, that's... <laughs> guys, guys, I was supposed to land outside the gate, but the wind shifted, and now... Now I'm eating. <laughs> now I'm a, I'm a living buffet. So, yeah, the the movie then jumps ahead, I don't know, years, maybe. But uh, they've walled off Vegas and just let the zombies have it. Anyone who got out of Vegas are now... You know, they're living in quarantine camps that are like most government refugee camps that you see in movies are shitholes because they're like, well, I don't know. These people aren't showing any symptoms, but they were in Vegas. So they may be you know, infected. We don't know. We're just going to keep them in this, in these camps right outside of the place where all the zombies are. <laughs> but, uh, you know, all of Dave Batista's badass mercenary crew that were saving people in Vegas are now like, he's like flipping burgers at some roadside cafe. You know, his, uh, his uh, um, crews, his his other, you know, she's like running a chop shop junkyard, and and the his other badass dude with the saw is uh, freaking, you know, doing water aerobics in an old folks' home. <laughs> hey, dude! Rule number one: cardio. You know, I mean, <laughs> true enough. <laughs> so yeah, Tanaka comes and like, hey. Uh, the government has decided, fuck Vegas, we're just going to nuke it in a couple weeks. And there's still $200 million in the casino, in my casino safe. And the insurance company's already paid me that money, so this money's free and clear and untraceable. Uh, if y'all go in right before the nuke drops and get all that money out, I'll give you $50 million of it. And he's like, yeah, I got nothing better to do than flipping burgers. I want to buy my own food truck, so yeah, I'm going to put together my A-team of zombie fighters and go back in and rob a casino and you get the cool, uh, kind of like oceans 11 recruiting people for the, uh, <laughs> the mission montage as he goes around and finds 
his his future teammates, which you know he's got his his three old teammates, and then they find some uh, YouTube gangbanger <laughs> who's doing trick shooting videos, a la Demolition Ranch, but. Check us out. I can kill three zombies with one shot. <laughs> he's like, let's get this YouTube guy. He looks like he knows what he's doing. <laughs> I mean, as long as you can shoot straight and accurate, I mean, dude, you you got to leg up. <laughs> but this is funny. He's like, yeah, that's how they, they're a recruiting tool. Let's see. Let's look at, like, you know, FPS Russia videos and, like, oh, yeah, we, we can recruit this guy. <laughs> Well, I mean, he's like, oh, yeah, chances are this dude's already got sponsors, lots of gun and ammo and everything else. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I mean, mean if, if I'm putting together a zombie fighting dream team, Demo Matt would probably make the list. <laughs> we know he's got a big truck. He's got plenty of guns. You know, all right, I, I get his, uh, <laughs> his uh, you know, he's not calling some, like, mercenary uh, recruiting service, uh, a lot of the expendables. He's like, let's go see who's hot on YouTube right now. <laughs> Yeah, Condusty Ballistics is out. He's got a hole in his... He stuck his thumb in his neck, but... <laughs> we get Demo Matt. We get Brendan Herrera, the AK guy. Matt Best. Uh, we're good to go. <laughs> and drink cardio. A, drink a bunch of Black Ruff coffee and kill some zombies. Uh, and then they had... They're like, it's in a special safe, which... That was something my, my wife brought up. It was like, they're robbing this dude's safe. Why don't you just give him the combination? <laughs> the guy who sent them in there owns the fucking safe. Why do they need a safe cracker? And I was like, yeah, you got a point. <laughs> That's kind of a plot hole there. Because they had key cards to get into the hotel. Like, the guy owns the hotel. Does he not remember it? He's like, sorry, guys, I forgot the combination. <laughs> or maybe he doesn't have the combination for insurance purposes, right? Like, I mean... <laughs> You would think someone who works in the casino would have access to that safe. How else does no, the money dude. get in there? It's, you know, I mean, it's just like, uh, you know, convenience stores, right? They got a much smaller safe, but they don't have access to it. Like, they have to, you know, whoever the company, usually a Brinks or something else, is the ones that are taking, you know, money away and, you know, securing it for the company. So, you know, um, maybe that's part of it. Maybe, I, but yeah, they didn't explain that. That was some bad writing, because I'm like, the whole time I'm like, yeah, the, he owns the safe. He should okay, know how to get into the let's safe. Let's talk about bad writing for a second. <laughs> the, the safe doesn't even matter. That's not even why they're fucking in Vegas. Like, Yeah, so at the last minute of them having to go on this mission, they get stuck with Tanaka's representative, who's supposed to be his head of security, uh, Martin, played by Garrett Dillahunt, which I don't care, that dude's weird. He, every movie he's been in, he's played a weird dude. And in this one, he's also a weird dude. But turns out the whole, you know, the government lost their bio weapon when the Vegas thing broke out. So really, Tanaka's trying to get a sample of, or we haven't talked about this yet, The once they get into Vegas, we find out that there's two different types of zombies. Anything that got bit by the original alpha zombie are the fast-moving smart zombies from, you know, modern zombie movies. And anyone who's gotten bit by something second tier turns into your standard shuffling, slow-moving, dumb zombies. That we call, what, shamblers, right? Yeah. Which I thought was a cool name. So, in reality, the heist is just a cover for the fact that Tanaka's sending Martin in there to get a sample of one of the alpha zombies so the government can then continue their 
shady zombie project. <laughs> and the reason we say that is the bioweapon from the very beginning of the film is wearing dog tags. So you assume that as some, you know, soldier that has been experimented on to try to create some kind of bioweapon super soldier type thing that... Yeah, you know, when they finally kind of figure it out, you know... Yeah, you know, Martin's like the, the what's in the safe isn't isn't shit. You know the government will pay like way more for a fucking zombie head, and y'all were just you know here to get me in here to to do my mission. Which, yeah, like you said, why didn't they just pay them to like, hey guys, I'll pay you a shitload of money to go steal me a zombie. <laughs> Not just of, any zombie; it needs to be an alpha. But yeah, instead you know? of like you know coming up with this whole like heist plot, heist plot, <laughs> like because they are mercenaries, they're willing to rob a casino for fifty million dollars. I'm pretty sure if you said, hey, here's I mean, $50 is million, it, dollars, is it robbing go steal me ahead. If the guy tells you to, hey, go get my money? Well, robbing from an inaccessible place. So I guess, I mean, rescuing money? <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's definitely insurance fraud if he's already been paid out for the money. Yeah. But, you know, I kind of feel like this insurance company, like, this would be much better instead of the casino owner coming if the insurance state farms over there, like, hey, guys, um, we paid out this, but we need, you know, the collateral, so can you go to this casino? Like, great. <laughs> yeah, like, why not just uh, hire them to steal your zombie? And they would have probably made it out a whole lot easier than this whole... Uh... Well, I mean, I think part of the problem is it would have been a 30-minute film instead of two and a half hours. <laughs> you know, but we can't forget about the other subplot going on in Vegas either. Oh, yeah, cause... You know, where our refugees have, you know, tried to... Go outside the wire and have, you know, not returned. Yeah, because there is a smuggler living in the refugee camp that sneaks people, has a way into Vegas. and Just so happened to call it Coyote. <laughs> and this uh, Mexican family is like, we need to go get some money so we can bribe our way out of the, the camps. So... She agrees to take this group of women in to try to liberate some money, and they all get captured by alphas. So now Dave Patisse's daughter is a volunteer in said camp, and they're kind of... She don't like him because, you know, he abandoned her after the whole apocalypse thing. Or, you know, killed her mom in front of her because, you know, they never said that, which, which thing she's pissed off about. <laughs> it's the fact that after... Doing what he had to do, he ran because he couldn't deal with the turmoil of, you know, raising a child after, you know, had killing her mother. Yeah, so he's also doing it to have a reason to go talk to his daughter because you know, she, she has the access to the camps and get them into the thing. But now she's like, no, I'm, I've got to go with you because there's these two kids that mom disappeared and. There's a chance she's still alive, so I need to go recover the mom. <laughs> but only if we run across her on our path from point A to point B. <laughs> if you see her, you can get her. But otherwise, no, you're not wandering off on your own. And you're like, oh, she's definitely going to wander off on her own. That's just that's just dumb, Dad. <laughs> you know that shit's going to happen. But yeah, I and <laughs> I do like... But yeah, in the whole like lead up to them putting together this team, the their safe cracker Dieter, he's probably the most interesting guy in this movie. Like <laughs> his weirdness is legit funny. Well, I heard that they were talking about doing a kind of a spinoff 
where it's going to follow him as, you know, his story arc more so than... Which I think would better suit this film overall because, yeah, like you said, probably the least interesting, the least skilled dude was the most interesting of the bunch. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mathis Schwarzengolfer as Ludwig Dieter. <laughs> That's how he knew how to pronounce those German safe names. <laughs> yeah. He's like one of those guys who's like, you know, to, to break this safe would be be an honor. He's like, you know, he's like, you know, just like in love with, you know, the technology of the safe cracking. And, and you think he's going to be like a liability of the group, but like as he, you know, as he goes, he's like actually like, you know, kind of learning his role and taking on zombies. And him and uh, uh, Vander uh, Rohn, uh, played by Omar Hardwick, you know, and he starts like, hey, all right, little German dude's got some heart, you know, and like, you know, they're like fist bumping and shit. He's like, all right, you're, you know, you're my homie now. <laughs> you have been made an honorary brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I said, he's kind of the only character you really cared about. <laughs> I like, mean, that's the thing is I think they tried so hard to get you to care, but Dude, for two and a half hours, it's just nah, it's all filler content. Like, <laughs> yeah, and their escape plan is once we sneak in, there's an abandoned helicopter on the roof of the hotel that's been sitting for five years. They're probably at this point. I'm like, anyone who knows anything about aircraft, those things take a lot of like maintaining and shit. Apparently, they don't, dude, because you don't even need fucking tools. <laughs> no, like that was the thing. Like they. You know, recruit a, a pilot, which I understand. You need somebody to, you know, fly the damn thing. A pilot, and a, she's a pilot and a mechanic, and they're hauling gas cans in to like fuel this thing if there's no gas. But yeah, she, like literally, shit's catching on fire as she's trying to get this aircraft running, and somehow she fixes this whole thing with probably a Leatherman because it never shows her actually using a tool. <laughs> I mean, apparently, aircraft aren't that sophisticated. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the thing. Is the air air, air force is like, look. We need smart people that know how to keep secrets about, <laughs> you know, how easy it is to actually fix these things. So uh, I did like, and it, you know, the pilots play the grizzly uh, kind of vet pilots played by uh, Tignatero, uh, and I like when they go to recruiter because she's working at some like, you know, hole in the wall uh, airport as a mechanic, and he's like, "Hey, we need, you know, we got this mission," and she's like. Okay, I'm in. It's like, you don't want to know what the mission is or how much we're going to pay you? Dude, I don't care. This job fucking sucks. Y'all got money? Cool, I'll come work for you. Let me guess. You're doing something shady and you need a pilot. Cool, that's all I need to know. <laughs> and they're like, all right, that was the easiest recruiting <laughs> that we've done. <laughs> She's like, I'm fucking bored. I want some to get into some shit. <laughs> You're going to pay me 200000 Cool, whatever. I don't care. Just get me the fuck out of this airport. <laughs> well, I kind of like as it goes on with the recruitment, like... <laughs> The money figures just get less and less. <laughs> yeah, because like, like the you know the fucking you know rapist uh, guard from the uh, from the camp. You know, it's like <laughs> Theo hey, Rossi from Sons of Anarchy. It's like, hey, how do you feel about getting paid twenty thousand dollars? Twenty thousand dollars? Hell yeah, I'm in. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like because you know they're like, hey, I'll give you fifty million. You split it however you want. And he's talking to his like you. Know, homegirl, and he's like, so what do you think? We're going to split it uh, evenly? He's like, well, I think you, me, and uh, Vanderhoe you know, gets $15 million and everyone else will get whatever we tell them we're getting. They don't have to know how, who all is getting paid what. So it's like, first guy's like, alright, we'll give you like $2 million. Or we're going to give you like $200,000. <laughs> we're going to give you like 
50 bucks in the Snickers. Are you in? You know, it's like everybody they go recruit, they get a smaller and smaller cut. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I do like how they used his, you know, role in that capacity because, you know, he's the one that's like, oh, yeah, this dude's a real piece of shit. He needs to die. Like, yeah, and that was like the one where, like, oh, yeah, this is, it was great because, like, you know, when they go and meet the, uh, the, the, uh, coyote, and she's like, no, no, I think we need one more for this mission. He's like, no, 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 we definitely need one more for this mission. And she recruits the rapist dirtbag guard. And as soon as they get into the door, she's like, hey, that's a really cool gun you got there. Can I see that? Yeah, sure, baby. You want to see my gun? And then she shoots him in the knee and leaves him for the zombies. So let's say that was probably one of the more unique aspects where you learn about more of the hierarchy. Yeah, because they don't really, like, in the fight to get out of Vegas, they don't really... She's been there more recently, and she's like, no, there's a hierarchy that's developed. There's these alphas that control a certain portion of Vegas, and then everyone else is the dumb zombies, and they will leave us the fuck alone as long as we stay in the outskirts and not invade their territory, but we have to pay them with a sacrifice. And this guy's an asshole and needs to die, so I brought us a sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, because at first everybody's like, what the fuck? Did she just go rogue? And it's like, flesh offering. <laughs> and they're like, all right, cool. <laughs> Nobody's gonna miss that, dude. Yeah, even the daughter's like, no, no, he's a dirtbag. It's cool. I'm, I'm cool with this. <laughs> and then the zombie tiger shows up, which is the most. And it, I don't think I've seen a zombie tiger, and it's one of Siegfried and Royd's tigers too. And they're like, it's Valentine. <laughs> it's kind of uh, the alpha's pet and guards his territory. And it, it's like it's a v- zombie tiger, and he's like the friggin' Martin guy's like, oh, that's just wrong. That that, that shouldn't exist. <laughs> like I was down to fight zombies, but a zombie tiger that's just that's just going too far, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> but it acts like a typical cat. He just crawls up in a car, so I think it's a good place to take a nap. I'm just gonna, like... <laughs> I'm just gonna lay here, eat whatever comes by. <laughs> Starts rubbing up on you. <laughs> but they just brought some catnip. They've been cool. <laughs> hey, buddy. I got some catnip. Here, go I would chase like that. to have seen them team up with a zombie tiger. <laughs> oh... Like, I don't know, that was the thing. Like, they, they exhibited, you know, such a level of intelligence that, you know, at some point, like, in my head, I was like, all right, the girl's going to go off to find, you know, the friends, run into the Alpha, and somehow they're going to team up, and the Alpha's going to save the day. <laughs> That's not how at all it played out. Uh, you think you can negotiate with some Alphas, you know, but yeah, they're like, as long as we stay out of their shit, they'll stay out of our shit. Let's go do the, the theft. But somebody has to get in their shit. Yeah, and, and that's where it get, all goes south. Yeah, you know, they get into the hotel and it's full of zombies. But it's like, like I've seen on like Walking Dead, zombies that aren't. Uh, if there's no food around, they just kind of shut down and go into like hibernation mode. So they're all just kind of like sleeping. And you and like the that was like a video game, like in that segment <laughs> where yeah. it's like. Here's the stealth mission. Don't yeah. Make it, don't you drop know, a wrench don't, or you're going to kill us all. Don't don't bump anything. Don't, you know, make any noise. And it's like, oh, I set off the trap. Now they're all after me. Yeah. And uh, Chambers, Guzman's uh, uh, lady that he brought in with him. Apparently uh, glow sticks are very useful. <laughs> yeah. Like, so uh, Batista's like, I'm going to find us a path and, and mark it with glow sticks. And Chambers already knows this Martin guy's up to some shit. She's like, you're up to something. I'll keep my eye on you. So he just grabs a freaking glow stick and throws it down a random hall to get her off the track. And she ends up getting 
caught in zombies, but is legit badass. She fights her way like out of this zombie ambush and finally like crashes back into a window before she can warn the team that that uh you know, homeboy's shady, she gets bitten and she's like, Yeah, I'm I'm fucked, man, you know, just leave me behind and Guzman like shoots the the uh gas can on her back and it blows up all the zombies. It's like Alright, that's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, she was like a badass warrior. So when they when they blow up the zombies, you see all that shit. What did you think it was? What did they use for that? Well, it's supposed to be in, well, it was a gas can, but I'm assuming it's some kind of aviation fuel. That's well, probably... no, no, I, I I'm talking about for the uh, for the zombie guts and the gore effect. Oh, I have no idea. I, I was thinking Campbell's chunky soup. You think Cam- Campbell's chunky soup does make good uh, gut bits with enough red food coloring in it? That's just what came to my mind. <laughs> like, they're all licking their lips like, hmm, chunks are chunky. All right, we're going to have to get some uh, some of those big industrial-sized cans of Campbell's and shoot them with a shotgun and see, uh, do a do a test, see if it, see if the footage matches. <laughs> Maybe place a little bit of Tannerite in front of it. Yeah. Best thing to do, shooting a gas can is not necessarily going to make it explode. <laughs> it's going to make it leak, unless there's some kind of flame also involved. You, if, if Dude, sh- it was a tracer round. You're shooting tracers, maybe, but yeah, that was a big ass explosion. Because <laughs> that's the thing: the fluid itself won't ignite. It's all the vapors that ignite, and once the vapors ignite, it's a bad day. Yeah. Oh. It was a metal can, so when the bullet hit it, it created a spark. And of course, you know, all great plans are fucked up because the government decided, oh, we can't drop this bomb on Fourth of July, even though it'd make a really cool fireworks uh, show. So we're gonna move it up to the the third. So instead of having 24 hours to get out, y'all have got like 90 minutes. So was that a, uh, <laughs> was that a shot at uh, Donald Trump, you think? I, I, I felt like it was, I was like, yeah, that's probably a shot. Yeah, because it sounded like they had a, a redneck president in this uh, in this reality. He's like, the president wanted to drop the bomb on the Forge Deluxe. He's like, that's going to be a badass fireworks show. <laughs> Can't disagree. <laughs> I mean, do you not want to get eaten by zombies? Then you should probably destroy all zombies, right? You would think. I don't know. Yeah, but of course, Martin and the Coyote go off on their own. I mean, like... and it, it's it's fucking you know, the goddamn desert. It's not like we don't nuke the shit out of it as it is already. <laughs> yeah. Like we've already dropped enough bombs in uh, in and around Vegas. Uh, but yeah, he, you know, he goes out and lures the uh, the queen in and takes her head to to use it as a uh, you know a get a. Uh, to rebuild this weapons program and of course that pisses off the alpha so now like all the big zombies come to the hotel to to kill everybody so that too apparently she was pregnant because I've, I've never seen that in a zombie well, movie that i'm aware of and and that's why like if you notice at first the the fetus is blue Right, so we talked earlier about what is the symbol and all the so alpha blue. zombies kind of have blue well, eyes too. And, and you notice too, that's kind of like, how you signify between those the two. two UFOs at the very beginning were also blue. I don't think we're dealing with like some kind of alien your, your technology typical, experiment. You know, um, oh, there was a virus, and that's what you know mutated and jumped to humans and infected us. And you know, I I, I think we're dealing with alien robot zombies. Or some kind of alien technology that the government got a hold of that was like, whoa, this has the ability to make people super fast, super strong, but, you know, has this uh, downside of... Flesh eating. (laughs) They like flesh, which works really great on enemies, but 
everything uh, non-zombie is an enemy. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, it's like you know that just you know fucked up the whole plan, and like, now the alpha zombies. But yeah, I called that kind of early on because when he when the queen first comes back after picking up the uh, the sacrifice, you know the alpha leans down and like puts his head on her belly and shit. And I'm like, hmm, that's odd. And then after when she's killed. And they they bring the body back to him, and he immediately starts like messing with her. Her, so I'm like, she's fucking pregnant. I'm like, I've never seen that in a damn zombie movie. And she's like, what? I'm like, you didn't notice earlier when he was listening to her belly. And sure enough, he cuts her open and you know finds a dying zombie fetus. But yeah, I've never seen pregnant from... zombies. And <laughs> but I mean, then again, like I I don't know. Like I kind of like the Greek mythology aspect too because you know they called him Zeus as the alpha. Yeah, but and, then they and he go took to over Olympus, the Olympus Hotel. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, some, of, some of the artistic stuff there was pretty cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I liked, uh, you know, they're like, oh, when you get to the, uh, when you get to the safe, there's three non-lethal uh, deterrents before the save. You're going to have to disarm those somehow. So they go get a zombie. <laughs> like, going to make him walk across the floor. And he just, like, the first one of these, you know, turns around and starts tagging him, so they gotta kill him. Like, fuck, gotta go back and get another zombie. And this time they're like, microwave a severed hand. Like, the meat's gotta be warm before they'll eat it. And chunk it out there, and it starts walking through, setting off all the traps. And, like, the first one's, like, poison darts. Like, ah, that's not so bad. And then the second one, all these guns come out of the wall and start shooting the piss out of him. And you're like, he said this was non-lethal. And then he steps on the third one, and just, like, a big, like, freaking door closes and squishes him. It's like straight up fucking Mario. <laughs> yeah. Uh... It's like, yeah, this is some... Where's the big rock that, you know, chases us down the hall? Yeah. This is some, like, Indiana Jones trap shit. But yeah, well, you know, Dieter gets the safe open about the time all the zombies bust in and start killing everybody. And, like, you know, he, uh... Vandro tries to fight it and, you know, gets his ass kicked. And Dieter throws him in the safe and shuts the door and, like, sacrifices himself to, like, save his new homie. I'm like, aw, Dieter's dead. That's... <laughs> He's, like, the only guy I cared about getting eaten. <laughs> Got double D's. Deed or dead. <laughs> but then again, like, is there like a, you know, I mean, because as he's cracking the safe, right, you know, typical, you know, meathead fashion, somebody walks in and, you know, interrupts the guy doing the technical shit, you know, it's like, hey, you know, that was the third time, you know, if we get this wrong again, because somebody fucking distracts me, uh, this safe locks forever. So you need to fuck off now. Let Dieter do his work. Yes. Um, you know, but once the door closes, it's like, oh, hold on. It's like, you know, being locked in a cooler now where there's a yellow pull switch. So that way that you can open the door again. Like I'm assuming because he does get out eventually. Yes, I'm like, how did, how did that work exactly? Like, <laughs> yeah, hoping that there's a, there's a, you know, escape now button inside the, uh, inside the, uh, yeah, it's, or does the nuke go off? magically blow off the door but you know there's enough concrete and shit surrounding him that i mean but then again you got fallout and all this other shit going on like you're not making it out of there that was my thing when you see him like after the nuke goes off and destroys vegas he comes like climbing out of like the rubble with all the money and it's like oh that dude's gonna be dead in six months anyway because like that place is gonna glow in the dark right now he's like gonna die of radiation poisoning and he's gonna have all the cancers and in a couple months even if he did survive the uh, the zombie <laughs> explosions, but yeah, that. But one thing too, too like, 
kind of a complaint on maybe in the trailer, there's these badass action sequences of them just fighting zombies on the Vegas strip. All of that is from kind of a fantasy sequence when they're explaining how the heist is going to go. <laughs> like once they get in Vegas, the action sequences are much more low key. It's a whole lot of sneaking. Yeah. I mean, which, I mean, I gotta say though, like if somebody says, Hey, get to point A to point B in the zombie apocalypse. Fast and loud is probably not no. the direction you want to go. It's kind of like playing so Hitman. I, I like, kinda... eventually I fuck up on the silent assassin, and I just have to kill everybody. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how that I goes. I mean, you know, like, part of my thing is eventually once girl runs off from the party, and, you know, that takes us to our third subplot of the film, as if it <laughs> needed more, um, you know, it's like, you've got a handgun. And not a lot of training. And, like, somehow you just make it through thousands and thousands of zombies, like, <laughs> well, walking the streets. Well, at that point, all the alphas were attacking the casino, and she slipped out through, like, some kind of, like, ventilation shaft. So, theoretically, like, the the Olympus Hotel was empty at that point because everyone was in a, a fucking zombie rage trying to kill the people and get the queen's head back. So, theoretically, she could have made it there un, undetected. But, yeah, you get them, like running through the casino with like all the lights on and the, the, the freaking slot machines going to getting chased by all these zombies across the poker tables. And, and you know, freaking everyone dies. Like Cruz gets her next step. Uh, freaking, uh, you know, Dieter's killed. Vantress is locked in the safe. And, you know, even Mikey goes down and like detonates his grenades to kill all the zombies around him and blows up all the money. Cause he was carrying all the money. So pretty much the only guy who makes it to the roof is the coyote and, uh, Batista <laughs> and even the coyote like gets killed because the alpha shows up and she's like I got this I got the head I'll distract him you go and then she gets speared and I was like well fuck you you speared me I'm gonna throw this bitch's head over the roof <laughs> yeah I mean that was the other thing too it's like I mean you know the body dies but I guess the the head keeps living yeah, so, zombies you don't know. die unless you destroy the brain so I mean remember in uh, Walking Dead like the freaking governor had that fish tank full of zombie heads that were still alive yeah <laughs> Those but, are those are those weren't even shamblers. Those were just fucking walkers. Okay, like. <laughs> but yeah, you know, Detista takes the figures. His daughter is snuck off to the Olympus and goes to rescue her in the in the helicopter. And and all the buildings that she could possibly be in in Vegas, like they know which one to go to. <laughs> well, earlier they like the they were talking to the Coyote, and she's like, "You ever seen anyone come back that that disappeared?" And she's like, yeah, I lost one group, and I assume they were all dead, but one guy ended up escaping and said that, you know, the Alpha doesn't eat them all at once. They capture a group, and they hold them up in the hotel, and he just kind of came for them one by one, and somehow he snuck off before it was his turn. So they're like, there's a possibility that they're in the Alpha's base camp. But then, you know, Alpha on a zombie horse is faster than a helicopter and, and gets back to the hotel it's about the same time Batista does in a helicopter. <laughs> I mean, here's my problem. Okay, at this point, they said they had, what, nine minutes before detonation? <laughs> 30 minutes later, they're still well, trying to... Well, okay, let's, you know, take the, the realistic... I mean, the elevator was working by that point. Uh... Bro. <laughs> yeah. She went in on the fucking ground level. You are not searching every room and clearing every aspect of that fucking hotel in nine minutes. No. 
where you don't know that's a big ass episode. You don't know what room they're in, and you're like just gonna... you're, you're going to spend ten minutes in the lobby trying to figure out what fucking door goes where. Like, <laughs> yeah. and then you get to, uh, you know, you, you run into zombie uh, uh, guard guy who's been turned now, and I guess he was left to guard the place, and because well, he is a zombie guard, <laughs> and he finally get he finally gets shot in the face. So it's like, ah, good, we got we got to see him get killed twice. <laughs> He deserved it. Bring him back, kill him a third time. <laughs> but yeah, then there's like, the, the ending of it is so just fucked up. Everyone's dead except for the daughter. She does find her friend and gets one of them out. The pilot and Batista, but the Alpha makes it to the roof and jumps in the helicopter, bites Batista. You know, for that final boss showdown. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's got to have a helicopter. Yeah. Bites Batista and it gets distracted by the nuclear explosion enough for him to sh- finally shoot it in the head. Because he was the only zombie smart enough to wear a helmet. Because he's like, hey, if we get shot in the head, we die. Let me wear a helmet. <laughs> but then the but helmet- it's, it's kind of weird, though, because, like, you know, when they first encounter the Alpha, gunshots don't seem to phase it. No, it's like, as long as you don't get shot in the head, he's like, eh, whatever. It's, a, it's, a, it's merely a flesh wound. But nobody thinks, hey, I got these two big uh, open slots for my eyes. Like, do zombies need to see? Like, yeah, probably. I mean, because I, mean, I, 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 I feel like with enough rounds, one would have accidentally <laughs> snuck in, you know? Yeah, they were like, not very good marksmen. You know. <laughs> shoot him in the eye hole. <laughs> in fact, just walk up to him, stick a barrel in his eye hole, and shoot. <laughs> yeah, it's like they were, there's some huge plot holes in this movie. But yeah, then the the nuclear shockwave knocks the helicopter out of the air. They crash. Everyone dies. Even the Mexican lady that they were working so hard to rescue, she dies too. The only survivor is Batista's daughter. And he's like, I've been bitten. I'm dying anyway. But I did sneak out a stack of cash so you can uh, you can start a new life. But now you got to shoot me in the head. And what about lobster tacos? I figured that'd be a good... That was like his running joke of like what he was going to name his... Uh, his yeah, freaking, uh, everybody loves a lobster roll. <laughs> yeah, loves he, he, what he's going to do with his uh, money is buy a fucking food truck and coming up with different <laughs> different food truck names. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, and then you know, post credits you get homeboy comes out of the out of the uh, uh, dirt and uh, with the money that he was stored with and goes and buys a private jet and he's like, I'm going to fly to Mexico and then starts getting sick. I'm like, oh, there's that cancer. <laughs> And goes to the bathroom and finds out he's been bitten. He's like, oh, fuck. I, I didn't make it out with the money. And so now there will be a sequel. It's going to be Zombie Land Mexico. Because <laughs> they're like, you're about to land in Mexico. As he's like, you know, mid, mid-transition. But yeah, it's like, fucking everybody dies. <laughs> well, then again, fucking, you remember like the last, well, whatever, Dawn of the Dead. Like, the heroes get to the boat and then pretty much get eaten by zombies at the, like, most zombie movies... Eventually, everyone dies, so it shouldn't have been surprising. I mean, hell, even the original Dawn of the Dead, the one survivor gets shot by rescue people when he pops out of the house and they think he's a zombie and gets shot in the face. It's like, zombie movies typically don't have a, a happy ending. Your lone survivor usually gets eaten in the post-credits somehow. <laughs> well, they shot fucking Bill Murphy, so, I mean, there was that. Bill Murray? Oh, yeah, Murray. <laughs> Bill Whatever. Murphy. <laughs> Whatever. Oh. That's close. I had the Bill M right. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think? Did it, uh, did it, was it a, was it all the way back, halfway back, or maybe a quarter of the way back? <laughs> did it have enough good? 
to like say y'all should watch this movie or is it just too silly and, and stupid? I mean, the problem is it wasn't even silly and stupid because I absolutely adore B films and love silly and stupid. My problem is a good mindless zombie shoot 'em up movie is. You know they they you don't have to think about it. Is is usually good. You know good, they a good they, time. they had seeds to plant that could have been really cool. Yeah, but that was offset by oh let's go in an artistic direction and you know there was no clear conceptual direction for this. There was too much pointless bullshit for me to say hey. You want a good mindless zombie film? Watch this. Because they tried to, you know, tug on heartstrings and fail miserably. And then they would be like, let's do this really quick action thing to, you know. But then we're going to give you an hour of pointless bullshit. So, like, (laughs) even from an action standpoint, like, skip a forward to the action scenes. Like, this is one of those films where it's like, hey, you want to see a zombie tiger? Skip to three minutes and, you know, 47 <laughs> seconds and disregard the rest of it. Hey, you want to I mean, see The zombie some... tiger does do a good job of eating Martin. I mean, that, that, was, that was a highlight. That was probably the, that the highlight was watching the zombie tiger. And surprisingly, like, there wasn't a cutaway. So you got to see... Oh, yeah, it was like a mauling. Like, <laughs> and then finally just eats his head. Yeah, like, that was the highlight of the film. <laughs> you know, because it's like... It's like they set out, like, all right, we want to do a... A family feel-good movie. We want to do a heist movie. We want to do an action movie, and we want to do a little comedy. But we're not going to focus on one of those enough to make it a whole thing. So we're just going to do all five kind of half-assed. Yeah, and <laughs> you know, like there was two and a half hours of something that should have been maybe a series, maybe you know, an hour and a half film. You know, like. I, I think for me it would have been a much better film if they took the high shit out. Sadly, like, Dieter being the, the, the top, you know, most exciting character of that group. But I think it would have been a lot better if, hey, we got to get the head of an alpha. Yeah, and, and I even you know, had the, the backstabbing betrayal plot. Yes. Just like, I'm hiring y'all to go recover a zombie because I'm going to sell it to the government for a shitload of money. Everybody be on the same page and maybe fight their way out and, and survive all this. Like, sadly, I think this was probably more so a failed attempt of, hey, I'm going to give nods to my Dawn of the Dead roots, to X-Files, to Poltergeist, to, <laughs> like, a shitload of other, you know, classic and wonderfully done, you know, movies. Yeah, great nods to other things. Yes. But, yeah, it's, somebody was high and be like, I got, I got an idea. Ocean's Eleven, but zombies. But, okay, <laughs> then take out the double-cross bullshit, take yeah. out the backstory, and let's focus on the aspect of the heist. Yeah. If you had done a heist film, it would have been good. If you had done a zombie action film, probably going to be good. But not focusing on either gave you a two-hour-and-a-half thing that should... Kind of like, you. Yeah. I have daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like that. That you know. So, I want to see a sequel or a prequel that is like I would have watched the movie of them trying to get out of zombie infected Vegas. Like his actual Merc team, like battling zombies in the initial breakout. 
that would have been a badass movie. That five minute uh, music video we got at the start of the movie, I would have watched a whole movie of that shit. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it just. You know, unfortunately, there was just way too many plot holes, way too much trying to make you care about shit that failed epically at making you give a shit, and too much focus on just pointless shit for the sake of having pointless shit. Like, it just, you know, this film has is an identity crisis. Which kind of sucks, because they did a lot of unique things... That would have been really cool. Like, yeah. holy fuck, you know, we're dealing with a alien life form that, you know, has the power to create superhumans, but it actually turns them into flesh-eating zombies that retain some sort of leadership quality, the ability to communicate, like, dude, this, is like, a, yeah. this is like a World War Z on steroids. And, hey, I don't have to fucking bite you, because we can reproduce organically. <laughs> like... Yeah, humans are just food. Like, we don't need to, like... You know, we could, like, just... Hell, we could eat cows. Who, does, who knows? It's like, yeah, it's... It, it... It tried too hard to be too many things and never focused on any aspect that could have been good if they had just I mean, followed through on one thing. You know, unfortunately, like, that's my problem. Like, you know, you, you focus so much on the dark that you didn't go dark, dark enough. And, you know, you just... Just everything feels incomplete. Yeah, you could have like, made... I mean, they tried to make a, a drama. Didn't go dramatic enough. They tried to go an action movie. Didn't go action enough. Tried to make a heist movie. Didn't go heisty enough. <laughs> it's like... You, you try to do too many things when you should have just kind of did one thing really well. Like, whatever... Uh, uh, I mean, it's like we talk about with mar martial arts, right? You don't fear the guy that, you know, has done 10,000 different kicks one time. You fear the guy that's done one kick 10,000 times and has perfected that art. And unfortunately, I just don't think that... That's my problem with so many of Zack Snyder's projects is... You know, it tries too hard to do too many things instead of... This is my niche and it's what... I, and maybe his niche is just trying too hard. I mean, Dawn of the Dead was good. But later Snyder stuff has just not been great. <laughs> Like I like Dawn of the Dead, yeah, but yeah, this one was not Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> no, it, it was just um, I, I I don't like even for you know just mindless theater. Like there were certain things that made you think, and hey, I appreciate that. Like you know this this could have really separated itself from the typical zombie genre, but you know it it just went. In too many different directions, and you know, has no clear cut. So now it's oh, we're gonna do a spinoff, or we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, and it's like, at this point, like, I'm probably not gonna give two shits enough to care about it. <laughs> yeah, I suppose there's like two other projects. One of them gonna be an animated thing for Netflix. So we'll see what they what they do from here. So any uh, what's your thoughts on this here cigar as we're uh, wrapping up? As we wrap up, um, really good cigar. I'm, I'm, you know, earthy, peppery, um, great burn, um, yeah, I, I, you know. Good flavor, I mean, it's... I, I mean, I won't say that, you know, it's super complex or anything, um, 
you know, kind of what you get off the initial is, you know, it stays consistent throughout, um, which some Unlike folks... this movie. Yes. It does, this does one thing good. <laughs> it's consistent. Uh, <laughs> There's not a lot of variety, but it, it, what it does, it does consistently and it does good. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I just... Oh. So with that, we'll be right back. I am the Alpha. I am the Omega. Omega. What? I am the Alpha. I am the Omega. I am the Alpha. I am the Omega. I am the Alpha. I am the Omega. I am the Alpha Omega. The fuck are you saying? The fuck are you saying? The fuck are you saying? The Alpha Omega. The fuck are you saying? The fuck are you saying? Yeah, you say I'm the Alpha Omega. The fuck are you saying? EST Russia, you better quit playing. They start a war if you mention my name. I'm the Alpha Omega. for some science you ready to learn some shit brad yeah man i've had uh, a couple of weeks off now time to uh get edumacated well if you'll remember one of the things we made fun of we thought was stupid in the uh last godzilla v kong movie was the fact that there was a secret underground uh train that went from florida tokyo apparently china wants to make that a real thing somebody watched that movie and is like hey i got an idea <laughs> so china wants to build an eight thousand mile underwater train to the u.s all right well there's that yeah i i guess it's gonna be hydro powered <laughs> uh yeah it's gonna the project's gonna cost something like 200 billion dollars uh if it gets off the ground and China currently has one of the most expansive and impressive high-speed rail networks on Earth, you know, and so that's kind of their now the the new project wanting to, you know, kind of increase commerce and uh, uh, whatever uh, tourism between here and Amer there in America. Uh, they plan to run this train kind of up uh, through eastern Russia and then across the Barren Strait into. Alaska and down into mainland America through through Canada, uh, but you know it's going to run under the sea from eastern Russia to uh, the Barents Strait, uh, you know, in, and then into Alaska. So, you know, a vast portion of this is going to be underwater, much longer than the current. Un there's whatever the the uh, the channel that goes from England to to Europe, and this is going to be way longer uh, <laughs> under the end of the water. Well, than I mean, any of the previous the, versions of I this. I mean, the thing about flights is there's connecting flights and stuff. Like, are you going to have an underground or underwater train station to be like, all right, you know, g stop here for, you know, this country or whatever, <laughs> like... Yeah, it's it's called and, the, the China-Russia-Canada-America uh, China line, which they probably need to come up with a better name because that's just too much to say. <laughs> but hey, all you people that are afraid of flying... Take an old-fashioned train ride all the way to China. I, I mean, like, in my head, something on rails doesn't move as fast as a jet-propelled engine. But no, it can't. I mean, well, I mean, those, like, high-speed rails go, like, you know, some of them up to you know, over 100 miles an hour. Uh, 
But yeah, the uh <laughs> but your plane goes like 550 600 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's going to travel the underwater portion is going to be about 50 miles. I mean, I guess it could be cool like, you know, if there were some lights or stuff to not just see the blackness of water um at that depth like I I just see a new ho- new horror movie where a fucking train gets trapped under the water. That's going to be <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's a lot of seismic activity in that area. I mean, we just had the 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 fucking tsunami not long ago. How stable is an underwater rail? Well, I mean, that's be the thing is, you know, activity? once you're, you know, I mean, obviously, if there's earthquakes, that's one thing. But you're not really going to have tsunamis be an issue because you know, in deep water, you know, a tsunami is, you know, just saying, a few you know, feet high or whatever. Tsunamis like, are caused by earthquakes, yeah. so I don't want to be experiencing an earthquake under the ocean. <laughs> that just seems problematic. Um, I mean, if it derails, like, I mean, you're, you're, I mean, we're talking about the fucking ocean and traveling, like, this is extremely, you know, deep water at this point, right? So, pressure, like, if everybody is not a trained scuba diver, like, that's the thing, like, oh shit, train derailed, everybody get your scuba equipment, and don't surface too fast. (laughs) Yeah, and and China's already... Try not to get eaten by a shark on the way up. (laughs) They've already approved the first world's first underwater bullet train, which many are believing is kind of a, a test project for this other longer project, which is, you know, this train there that's currently under destruction goes from the uh, Ningbo uh, port city near Shanghai to Zushan, an archipelago of islands off the east coast of Japan, covering 77 kilometers stretch almost entirely of newly built underwater railway. So, you know, it's, here's the test. Let's see if the, the island train works before we start trying to cross the, uh, <laughs> cross the Pacific Well, Ocean. I mean, if nothing else, do a transport, you know, of goods and services, not people. Yeah. You, you know, know let, like let's a, make sure we can get non-living things yeah, across. An, and... an international, uh, you know, freight train, uh, as you will, you know, it takes my Amazon, you know, if Amazon gets you here in two days, you know, let's see what, uh, China Rail can do. And, you know, us that frequent the world of steampunkery, you know, airships have always been a cool thing, and looks like they're trying to make a comeback. Uh, I mean, I've always, dude, there's always been something symbolic about, like, seeing a blimp or something like that. Like, you see planes and stuff all the time, but it's always like, oh shit, it's a blimp. (laughs) Or a hot air balloon. Yes, a UK-based company called Hybrid Air Vehicles have uh, recently revealed a concept of design. It's going to be a 100-passenger airship that uh, basically is, they're saying this was something that from, like, a short-hop air travel. Like, people that are flying from, like, you know, Atlanta to New York or, you know, England over to Europe. Something that's, like, maybe you know, an hour, a couple-hour flight, not, you know, big international travel, but people that are making short within-country trips... These airships uh, produce a lot less, you know, carbon dioxide than your standard, you know, air airplanes do. And you know, it said like uh, the first versions that are still kind of, I guess, gas fueled. Uh, you know, has a like a carbon reduces carbon initia- uh, emissions by seventy percent. And they said you know, future versions that they, you know, want to go full electric would be like a zero percent emissions vehicle. And they say while it is slower than traditional air travel, it's it's not that much slower. 
uh, basically, like... I mean, it's still, like like you said, you know, if you're going from one city to the next, it's still going to be a lot faster than driving and being yeah. stuck in traffic. And, and you don't have to, because I hate fucking driving and sitting in a <laughs> damn, uh, damn traffic. Uh, but yeah, like, so basically, uh, uh, you know... I mean, if you don't want to be stuck in damn traffic, then just don't go near water. <laughs> Boom! Got him. Nice. Yeah, and they, they said the the full uh, they they plan to have a hybrid electric model by twenty twenty five that uh, would produce ninety percent less emissions and a full electric by twenty thirty. They said it made with like a basically a the example they gave a flight from Liverpool to Belfast uh, across the Irish Sea is approximately a four hour and twenty four minute flight via current aircraft would be about a five hour and twenty minute mile. So it's going to add like an an hour to your time, but like you said it's still faster than driving and you don't have to do the driving. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing for <laughs> me is like, it's still going to be a listen less to podcasts or whatever. Yeah. Experience. So be rested when you get to your destination. <laughs> and in other news, a man charged with a uh, man arrested after causing earthquake by gender reveal party, which is one of the dumbest things. I like this whole, like, you know, back in the day, you found out if you're having a boy or a girl when 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 the baby popped out, or you know, it was it was something you found out in your doctor's office. But this whole like, you know, hey, let's blow something up or do something extravagant to real, reveal to all to our friends, you know, the sex of our baby, has just gotten stupid. <laughs> so much so, there's been at least four deaths so far this year uh, from gender reveal parties gone wrong, putting them on par with the odds of a shark attack. <laughs> You're just as likely to die from a shark attack as you are from a gender reveal party at this point. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> a New Hampshire res- a town reported a mysterious earthquake, uh, shaking homes and cracking foundations. Uh, for I mean, what the fuck did they do? Shut off like a ton of TNT? Like yes. Okay. Uh, the the earthquake was felt for 20 miles away apparently the uh people had access to a rock quarry and set off a shit load of tannerite mixed with blue chalk for a vendor uh gender reveal party and you know caused a small earthquake <laughs> i did not think that tannerite had that much capacity like and I, I feel like if you had access to a rock quarry you probably had you know because Dude, they use dynamite for that shit. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I mean, I know there's a rock quarry a couple of miles from my parents' house, and when they're blasting, like, yeah, it'll it'll rattle windows and stuff, but holy shit, like, at the amount of I, I don't know, it, explosive it would take to... I mean, if it just kind of, if that area is on a fault line or something, it shook something loose, I don't know, or if it was just the, the force of the explosion, but yeah... Uh, it caused damage to homes and was felt 20 miles away. And so, uh, uh, it's probably pure coincidence. Like a, a minor earthquake happened as they did this. And... <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he's being charged with, uh, like, you know, reckless, uh, reckless endangerment, uh, you know, <laughs> probably but I gonna... mean, but then again, like, I mean, dude, there are signs posted blasting zone and everything else. Like, well, yeah, normal blasting doesn't normally, you know, cause damage to homes and stuff so this must have been i mean super excessive that that to me doesn't sound like tannerite though like yeah that sounds like some like that sounds like somebody legit like 
fucking pack something either with you know i mean even that amount of tea and i don't i don't know like what like i need i need an explosives expert <laughs> like this this what looks like one of those that i might need to call bullshit on like <laughs> you know without somebody chiming in and being like well here's here's how much you know explosive power would actually be needed and if you were to do that with Tannerite, here's how much Tannerite would, you know, need to be required. Yeah, that's that's some some serious shit. And uh, here's a kind of an update on a earlier report we had of remember when we talked about the Chernobyl vodka that was being made with uh, you know wheat and stuff grown in the and Chernobyl how we said zone? that's probably not a good idea, like even going through a distillation process. <laughs> They still claim it's it's no more radioactive than other whiskeys, but the first batch of Atomics Chernobyl spirits uh, was confiscated by the Ukrainian Secret Service uh, for uh, undisclosed reasons. Uh, Fifteen hundred bottles uh, was being shipped to uh, you know investors in the UK, but they were snatched up by the SBU Security Services of Ukraine while en route to the UK, claiming they were using. Uh, uh, false uh, UK tax papers, which they're are not false. Uh, false Ukrainian tax papers, which they're like, uh, we don't know why they said that because these weren't going to the Ukraine. They and we had the proper UK tax stamps on everything, but maybe somebody looking for a bribe or wanted some free vodka. Who knows? But yeah, so far you can't get your hands on any of the Atomics vodka yet uh, unless you're you know Ukrainian Secret Service. Then I'm not a big fan of vodka anyway. So you know. I mean, it's a decent mixer, but not something I want to drink straight. <laughs> oh. And finally, smart toilets are taking pictures of your poop. That means they're taking pictures of your beehole. <laughs> but it's supposed to be for your health. Uh, well, I mean, they say something about, like, the, the colors and everything else. Of, I mean, I don't know. You take a poop, do you, you know, look down to admire it and be like, yeah, I made that. <laughs> Or, oh God, I made that. Go away. <laughs> oh God, it's chilly night. Uh, don't don't look on the toilets Instagram. It's gonna be bad. But researchers at Duke University have developed an artificial intelligence <laughs> Duke tool. Duke University figured out how to <laughs> photograph Dukey. <laughs> oh God. Uh, basically, it can be fit into regular toilets and help study patient stool samples and provide valuable information for gastroenter gastroenterologists. The new technology, uh, you know, will uh, was presented at the Digestive Diseases Week, uh, and it takes images of stool samples within the pipe system after the patient has flushed the toilet, and you know, de decides if it's lumpy, normal, loose, constipated, or if there's blood in it, and can, you know, analyze it using image and you know, data tracking. You know, it'd be great if the toilet itself did it because the toilet is a lot less expensive than the digging and everything else to retrofit palming with said cameras. <laughs> hmm. So yeah. This is this is you know something that fits in your in your uh you know toilet. You know and what I else said, does that? What's that? A plumber's snake. <laughs> <laughs> but doctors say typically gastroenterologists have to rely on patients' self reported information about their stool to help determine causes of their health issues, which is unreliable and this would be able to Take samples without, you know, y'all having to bag of shit and take it to your doctor. Well, I think before, like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure you still got to handle said shit, but I think, like, they had, like, 
you know, a, a scorecard type thing, and, you know, <laughs> you would, like, smear the, the said poop on scorecard. That way they could see, like, the colors and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've never given a, a stool sample. Like, I've plenty of urine samples, but, yeah, I've never had to transport a poop to the doctor or poop for the doctor. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like... Once uh, Burger King did that, no uh, catches a brown trout. Oh yeah, the uh, the dark burger that turned your yes. poop green. Yeah, I'm glad I saw that information on the internet because the first time I ate one of those, I was like, oh my god, I'm dying. <laughs> my toilet stained. What the hell is wrong? And then I finally looked online, like, oh yeah, the food coloring in the buns will turn your shit green. Like, oh okay. I, th- I thought I was you know just dropping out an alien. <laughs> that's all I got for you this week. Go have a good poop. We'll talk to you next time. Here at the Cosmic Pizza Podcast, we make every show from the finest ingredients. Juicy interviews, fiery film nights, delicious desert island DVDs. And pack it all into a slice of life in every episode. Order up our specials now from your delivery guys. Sean from Canada. Dan from Kent in the UK. And Paul from near Liverpool in the UK. Here on the ESO Network. The Cosmic Pizza Podcast. Serving you a slice of life. Mmm, mmm. And now it's time for all things nerdy in Nerd News. And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news. All right. Uh, first up, uh, you a fan of milkshakes? Strawberry's pretty good. Does your milkshake bring all the boys to the yard? No, because I don't like people. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> do you like action? Oh, I'm gonna fuck off my yard. Yeah, I do like action films. Do you like Karen Gillan? Hells yeah. All right. Then you might like uh, a little trailer that we got for a short action film called Gunpowder Milkshake. Hmm. Two of my favorite flavors. Yes. <laughs> Nerdy, quirky, cute, and packed a badassery. <laughs> yeah. It's a lady assassin film. It's like John Wick. If you took away the hotel and gave them a library and packed all the books with guns. I want books full of guns. Well, I, I guess you got to figure out how to make all the milkshakes bring the boys to the yard. <laughs> He's like a gun library. He's like, go check it out, check shit out. <laughs> oh, yeah, they call those gun ranges. My yes. <laughs> we go to those guns lies berries. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, yeah, um, so apparently um, we're going to follow an elite assassin. Um, Fifteen years into the future, um... Basically, Karen Gillum played Sam. Sam is now forced to clean up uh, her and her mother's footsteps and uh, use um, a certain set of talents. Um, a particular set of skills. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, I guess uh, she has to choose between the firm, which is, you know, I, I, I guess kind of like... Um, the syndicate that she works for or whatever that hands out jobs are, you know, saving a innocent eight-year-old girl. And she follows her uh, conscience, which puts her in the crosshair of the firm for violating, I guess, her orders. So, I like how, like, when she takes on the mission, they're like, I need, like, you know, things for this mission. And they're like, you know, kind of like all the, the other... I mean, it's, it's like John Wick, but with very... M- a, a much broader female, you know, cast and... But, like, each, like, kind of specialist for the team, they've kind of, like, named their skills after a different book. Like, 
oh, you need an Emily Dickinson and a, so, like, you know, like she's checking out books from the library, but it's like hiring assassins. You need the Moby Dick. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's an explosives the, expert. That's the big gun. That's <laughs> <laughs> the artillery person. Uh, yes, but yeah, I mean, just a trailer for this. I mean, it looks, uh, it looks fun. It looks quirky. Um, action packed. There's um, a hippie fa- hippie van with a roof mounted belt fed machine gun. I'm like, I like that. I yeah, want one. absolutely. You know, <laughs> that is the ultimate testament of peace. <laughs> Superior firepower. Yes. Uh, so this will be releasing on Netflix uh, July 14th. Ooh. Um, kind of surprised, like, you know, I mean, this is one that I feel like is action-packed enough that might, you know, be suited for big screen, but I don't know. Yeah, like, now that theaters are reopening, I'm like, I, I look at what's playing in theaters currently, I'm like, I've heard of none of these movies, and, but all these things I see a trailer for, I'm like, oh, this looks like a big action, and then, like, Netflix, I'm like, Amazon, I'm like, okay, like, so far, other than Godzilla, there's nothing been in a theater that I'm like, alright, I gotta go to a theater, I guess. Somebody want to see? Still want to see Wrath of Man? I haven't had a chance to see that yet. What is that one? That's the Jason Statham new action movie with oh, Guy yeah. Ritchie. I think we talked about. Yeah, that. Yeah, we talked about that. that. But yeah, it's out in theaters now. But uh, yeah, I've not had a chance to go see it yet. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of uh, kind of out of it. Yeah, because it's not on the. I don't think it's on any of the streaming services yet. Well, speaking of out of it. Let's talk about things within it. And by <laughs> things within, I mean werewolves. Just like playing in a Dragon Con basement. <laughs> yeah. Very much so. Only I <laughs> yes. think this is a true life or death uh, stakes on, you know, guessing who the werewolf is. <laughs> or werewolves, I don't know. Um, but this looks like it's going to be a uh, horror comedy film, which um, I'm always a fan of. Uh it is uh, described as a whodunit with teeth. <laughs> yeah, so much. Yeah, the, pretty much the t- the, some isolated town a werewolf pops up. Named Beaverton. <laughs> Beaverton. Because why not? <laughs> and, yeah, they all end up holding up in a house together. Like, you know, and yeah, it's like a live action version of playing werewolf because they're all locked up together and they don't know who the wolf is. Yes, yeah, it looks like there's a bit of a snowstorm, because I guess the wolves like the uh, colder climate, you know. Um, you never see, like, werewolves in Miami or anything. I mean, it's hot, man. <laughs> it's going to be covered in hair. You want to go somewhere it's, uh, you know, chilly most of the year. Then why do hippies all migrate to California? Weed. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, this uh, looks like there's a proposed pipeline that creates uh, a division within uh, the town of uh, Beaverfield, and uh, the snowstorm traps the residents inside with uh, the local inn. And, and the new uh, town ranger has to deal with the werewolves. Yep. So uh, yeah, <laughs> you know they gotta the keep the peace and uncover the uh, truth behind a mysterious creature that's uh, begun terrorizing the community. Oh. Yep. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, it looks like it's going to be rather interesting. Uh, this is going to be a independent film channel release, um, with a limited theatrical release on June 25th, followed by a video on demand release July 2nd, which is kind of weird because gunpowder milkshake looks like it'd be more theatrical, but (laughs) yeah. This looks like a like like a small. This definitely looks like a independent film channel. But you know what? I it 
I'm not going to knock it, because some of the films have actually been pretty good. Um, I don't know. Yeah, you would think a big action thing would be primed for a theatrical release, but I guess everyone's just kind of given up on it. Like, screw it, we're just going to sell everything to Amazon and Netflix so we don't have to worry about theaters being open or not. Yes. Um. All right. I... <laughs> For some reason, like, I guess we're gearing up for the Halloween season. Like, we just skipped over summer movie releases and jumped straight <laughs> into horror. But we I have mean, another uh, horror film. Um, we got uh, Black Widow coming out. There's there's some summer summer blockbusters coming out. Yeah, true. Um, I know your fascination with uh, little kid horror films and how much nope. they creep you out. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, we've got The Evil Next Door. Which seems to be some kind of foreign horror movie yeah so at least the trailer we downloaded was not in english (laughs) (laughs) Um, maybe it's a little norwegian (laughs) yeah so basically a creepy little kid makes friends with a ghost in the house and uh, his stepmom has to try to deal with it um i guess uh they think that they're you know this is the best place to uh become a family and um strange things are heard from the other in inha- uninhabited side of the duplex and uh i don't i don't know man like like oftentimes these foreign horror films do so much more justice than the american counterpart Especially in the like the creepy psychological, I, I oftentimes wonder, paranormal like, genre. Yeah, because I, I, you know, this this definitely feels like a House on Haunted Hill or, um, you know, the, that type of vibe. But, but I, I hate fucking ghost scary movies. I'm like vampires, werewolves, zombies. I can shoot those, and ghosts in the walls. I, I can't fight that. That's, that's that's the only thing that scares me. <laughs> if I can't punch it you in the face or shoot it. You don't know how to tear down a wall? I'm like, oh, guess we're going to have to burn this house down. <laughs> exactly. Break out the salt and holy water. And then the ghost, uh, you know, basically then gets pissed off and, you know, takes a part of one of your relatives that you would try to get out of the house. And, <laughs> you know, that's that's how your wife ends up with a, uh, a creepy doll collection. That's just the start. Oh, yeah, my house is probably haunted at this point. <laughs> Definitely do for a cleanse. Yeah. Um, but the evil next door will be uh, arriving video on demand in the U.S. on June 25th. Um, another film, not really horror, um, just it kind of looks like it might be a bit of a mind fuck. Like I got, um, uh, what is it, War of the War type vibe from this, um, but it's the Tomorrow World. Yeah, it's like Chris Pratt. Jeez, tomorrow. Chris Pratt's new action film, uh, slated for a. uh, Is it Amazon? Uh, yes. Yeah, Amazon release coming out July second, and basically, uh, looks like on a Christmas day or Thanksgiving, something or another, soldiers from the future arrive in the middle of a football stadium, which yeah. Show up during the Super Bowl. That's going to be like, yeah, everybody's watching TV. If you need to communicate to the world, show up in the middle of a big event. And they're like, hey, in the future, we're at war with some kind of aliens, and they're about to wipe out humanity. So we need to recruit people from the past to help us 
go fight the, and we the know you how to how to you know have have experienced a blast in the past and battling velociraptors so we need to bring you to the future to battle you know aliens yeah it looks pretty pretty badass i mean this the action sequences they show look pretty pretty epically large i mean it's kind of like this this i think has a propensity to be one of those like confusing time fox because you know it shows them you know basically all right, insert your arm into this strange device. Okay, ow, that hurt. Great. Now I have the ability to time travel with my new amulet. <laughs> yeah. Not amulet, but you know, pair of bracers or something. Yeah. Greaves. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like he's like they strapping him into this thing. He's like, ooh, seatbelts. Is this a driving test? And nobody says anything. He's like, what? Do y'all not have humor in the future? <laughs> that or you know when he's standing there with the other recruits and it's obvious the guy's never handled a weapon before and he's like, hold on. Weapon points this way. Magazine goes in this way. He's like, yeah, how, how are you so calm? He's like, that's yeah, a long story. He's like, you're ex-military, aren't you? All right, yeah, I guess it's not that long of a story. <laughs> but it's typical Chris Pratt comedy mixed with drama and action. But looks pretty pretty badass from the trailers. I, I don't know if they're fighting in the future or they're jumping forward to some point to try to stop the war from happening to begin with. I guess we'll find out uh, July 2nd, but... It looks pretty pretty legit oh, so they're far. They're going to uh, so they'll be transported to the future to try to prevent the extinction of humanity. Yeah, so they're not going all the way to the end of the war. They're I guess jumping to the and like and basically you know they've implemented some kind of like draft and you know Chris Pratt is exempt because he's a teacher and and has already served his time in the military. But if he doesn't go, his wife's going to get drafted. So he volunteers to to uh, go fight to to protect his family in the past so they don't end up in a future where it's all fucked. Yeah. Best not to get fucked in the future. Yep. If you're going to be fucked, do it in the present. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Um, Alright. I guess moving right along here, um, we got a little bit of Evil Dead news. Um, Hells yeah! Evil Dead Rise will be coming to HBO, um, and we got a little bit of a synopsis on um, what this film will be about. So, um, Sam Raimi has said that uh, he's going to bring Evil Dead back to the original home at New Line. Um, this will be 40 years after the release of the first film. Uh, basically... He's working with Lee Cronin, um, who will be a storyteller, um, an ideal filmmaker to basically continue on with legacy. Um, Evil Dead is going to be about ordinary people overcoming extraordinary, terrifying situations. Um, is this going to tie into the series at all, or is this going to be kind of, I don't know, are they skipping over that and just going movie sequel? Um... So this will basically be its own generation. So, you know, they go on to say that the Evil Dead, you know, movies filled my brain with terror and awe when I saw them. I'm excited and humbled to be resurrecting the most iconic of evil forces for both the fans new and a new generation. Um, if there's not a fucking chainsaw at hand, Ash, don't care. <laughs> Thing in that Evil Dead remake they made was was not bad. It was actually pretty good. But yeah, the the Evil Dead series was, which I still haven't watched that final season. I need to finish watching that. But yeah, the uh, 
I like seeing some ash. <laughs> yeah, so this will be a sequel to the other Evil Dead movies and will move um, the action out of the woods and into the city. Um, so it'll be two Urban estranged nights. sisters um, whose reunion is cut short by the rise of flesh uh, possessing demons, uh, thrusting them into a primal battle of survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. So, hmm. no mention of Ash. I Yeah, I I, I don't, don't know. Yeah. Don't know. <laughs> I mean, we'll just have to see. But know? it is Raimi, so I will give him the benefit of the doubt and see what he gives us. Definitely. Um speaking of uh give us, um I At think least wait till to... I see a trailer before I <laughs> give judgment. <laughs> You've been reaching, you know, or mentioning Amazon a lot. What about this acquisition of by Amazon uh, of MGM for like nine point nine billion dollars or something stupid? Well, that gives them a or eight point five million or eight point five billion, um, and gives them the Bond franchise. Yeah, I mean it's for a business, it's probably a good move because they've you know the Amazon Prime Video has has you know dipped into the uh, the original original products uh you know side of things and trying to compete with the netflix and mg buying mgm just gives them a yeah i mean i think shitload of backlog dude, i think uh, it gives them like catalog. four thousand movies and seventeen thousand tv shows so yeah this is going to definitely yeah help their uh <laughs> their bottom line add a whole bunch of new content to the service and also gives them i guess access to mgm studios for making new content uh so yeah it's uh yeah, using a lot of those international properties and stuff. Uh, yeah, that are intellectual properties. Yeah, because I mean, I think they were in the process of buying, you know, the Bond movie that hasn't been released yet. And they're like, fuck it, we'll just buy the whole studio. <laughs> so, I mean, we're going to... Dude, I mean, this could potentially mean that we see, you know, Stargate, Robocop. Uh, oh, shit. Hell yeah. The Magnificent Seven. Screen the fuck out of some stuff. <laughs> yeah, like... I don't, I don't know, like... Because Amazon is one of the streaming services I have, so yeah. If they, I, mean, I haven't watched OG Stargate in a long time. I mean, that was a great series yeah. too. So, um, any Which, other... I think there has been a talk, some talk about revise, you know, bringing a new, some new uh, Stargate stuff. Uh, I've been hearing rumors about that that you know they're t in talks with some of the original cast to to come back and do more Stargate. So, I mean, this may be something that you know with this purchase is is something more likely to occur in the future yeah very true um any other news tidbits anything you want to share with the folks on that home? is all you know we've uh since we last talked uh dragon con says it's happening in person we're good to go hotel rooms are paid tickets are bought and yes tickets are bought so we will be there this year but we have decided with all the kind of the craziness going on that we're not going to apply for media access this year because like I said, normally that would have already happened, but they've not opened that up yet. And they said, they're probably not going to until closer to the show and haven't seen a whole lot of list of guests. So, so like, we're just going to take a year off and enjoy dragon con as civilians, which means we're going to have more time to hang out and party with you folks. So if you're there, hit us up. Cause we're going to have a lot freer schedule this year. We won't have to be running around doing interviews. We're just going to be able to, party like the rest of y'all and then maybe go back to doing press shit next year so probably not gonna have any interviews for you but we're gonna be there hanging out and having a good I old mean, time that doesn't mean that you know we can't 
sneak some stuff street side or whatever. Like, yeah, like I said, we, we, we may bring some equipment, but we're not going to have a, a big set, busy schedule of interviews like we, we've had in past years. But we, you know, we didn't get to go to con last year, so it's like, man, we want to just take a take a, a rotation off and actually enjoy con and all the frivolity without having to be at places at certain times. And <laughs> we get to enjoy all the benefits with none of the responsibilities. Yay! No responsibilities. Total chaos and anarchy. <laughs> and with that, check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're on the ESO Network at ESONetwork.com. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at CigarNerdPod. Check out, buy some shirts at RealMenSmokeCigars.com. Get you some uh, energy at StrikeForceEnergy.com. Promo code CigarNerds for 20% off your order. And RIP, Dieter. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We are your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.